If you enjoy listening to clinical conversations, why not become a member of the Royal College of Physicians of Edinburgh? Our membership provides you with access to the RCPE educational portal, the live evening medical updates, and you have options to view the symposia both in person or online. If you would like to learn more about this, please go to the Royal College of Physicians of Edinburgh website. Hello and welcome to this episode of Clinical Conversations brought to you by the Royal College of Physicians of Edinburgh Trainees and Members Committee. My name is Kat Ralston, I'm a member of the TNMC as well as a Medicine of the Elderly Registrar in Edinburgh. And today we're going to talk about growth mindset in doctors, which is a topic I think is absolutely fascinating and so relevant for doctors. I'm delighted to introduce Dr. Sam Hopkins, who's a medical oncology registrar and medical education fellow in Edinburgh. Sam's published several recent articles on growth mindset, and we'll add links to these in the podcast show notes. Welcome, Sam. Thanks, Kat. I'm excited to be here. So I thought it might be useful just to start off by what we mean by mindset, because I think it might be unfamiliar to some of our listeners. And I guess why it's important. Why are we talking about it? So first of all, I'll talk about the origins of the implicit theory of mindset. Carol Dweck is an American psychologist at the University of Stanford, and I'm an absolute stan for Carol. And she proposed the implicit theory of mindset, which we're going to talk about today. A mindset, quite simply put, is an attitude or a belief we have about our attributes, such as our intelligence, our procedural ability, our research acumen. And she proposes two different and contrasting types of mindsets. The first is a fixed mindset. And with a fixed mindset, you believe that everyone is born with a certain amount of each attribute. And so your potential is predetermined. Some people are just born smart and some people are just born stupid. It's this idea of IQ. Or some people are language people or some people are naturally good with their hands. And so with a fixed mindset, you are very performance orientated. Really important that you are perceived by others and yourself to be successful and to not be failing at things. Because to fail or to make mistakes reveals to others and to yourself your inherent and permanent deficiencies. But Carol, of course, describes a contrasting type of mindset, the growth mindset, which we're going to cover today. And with the growth mindset, you believe that your attributes have infinite potential. And so, quite simply, you can grow your intelligence through neuroplasticity. And how do you do this? Well, with dedication, effort, hard work, and effective learning strategies. And your focus is on mastery or incremental improvement. It's not about performance and how you're perceived by others and yourself. It's about getting better and better at things and recognizing your potential is infinite. Thanks, Sam. That's a really nice explanation of growth and fixed mindsets. And I wonder whether we could maybe set the scene a little bit and you could give us an example of how this might look for a doctor, a growth or fixed mindset. So let's take two IMT trainings, and they're both at the start of their IMT training, and they both are rubbish at lumbar punctures. And one of them adopts a fixed mindset about this. They say, you know, I'm just not a procedure person. I wasn't born with that inherent talent or natural ability. 
But also, I don't want everyone around me to know that I suck at procedures and I'm never going to be good at them. And so what they might do is some unhealthy learning strategies or coping strategies. Things like avoidance. So any opportunity there is to do a lumbar puncture, they find a way for it to be given to someone else or for them to delay doing it so that by the end of their shift, they're not able to proceed with the lumbar puncture or finding little mini excuses of why the lumbar puncture can't get done. Oh, I think we need to recheck the platelets, even though they've been just checked the last 24 hours. And so by avoidance behavior, because of the fear or the shame of not being able to do the procedure, they don't improve at the lumbar punctures. And perhaps they see other trainees performing lumbar punctures, getting those champagne taps, and it makes them feel a sense of shame and inadequacy and contributes to them feeling very anxious or low in mood. Let's contrast that with a second IMT who adopts a growth mindset. And remember, they're starting at the same baseline. But this IMT trainee says, well, I can get better at anything. But how do I do that? Well, I need to put in the dedication and effort. So they seek out opportunities to do lumbar punctures. I need to think of effective strategies in order to learn this skill, perhaps mastery learning. If after mastery learning, they still don't feel confident going to a specific clinic designed for lumbar punctures, seeking feedback from people with more experience doing lumbar punctures. And over time, they develop incremental improvement in the procedure until they do get better at procedures and they do have procedural abilities. And just with a difference in mindset, we can see that their competency is different later on in their training. Yeah, I'm sure that resonates with some people. Certainly, I was one of those people that thought I'm not a procedure person and I think that's a really nice example. So I wondered if you can expand a little bit more on what you think the benefits of having a growth mindset are versus a fixed mindset. There's been a lot of research into growth mindset and there's been randomized controlled trials, particularly in the US where Carol Dweck resides, where they've taken high school students and at the beginning of math class in their first year of high school, they teach half the class what is a growth mindset and half the class is a control group. And what they see at the end of the year is that the group that had the intervention has improved academic achievement, more effective learning strategies like feedback seeking, and an improvement in their mental well-being, so lower rates of anxiety and depression and increased resilience. And I think that's really relevant to our doctors in training, an improvement in academic achievement, more effective learning strategies, better mental well-being, and increased resilience. That speaks to me as essential benefits for adoption of a growth mindset. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess just bringing that back to doctors specifically, one thing I was thinking while you were speaking is just about that feedback seeking. So I guess learning from error or learning from when things have been challenging and seeking out that to try and improve. And I wonder if there's links to sort of patient safety in that. Something I didn't stress enough earlier when I was describing the differences between a fixed and a growth mindset is that with a growth mindset, mistakes, errors, failure, you don't just see them as inevitable. You see them as essential because with a growth mindset, 
if you're not making mistakes, errors, or failing, you're not challenging yourself adequately to grow. And I think this ties into patient safety because there's no shame associated with making an error. It's about being open and honest and learning from these experiences. Whereas with a fixed mindset, you're very fearful of making a mistake or an error because it reveals that inherent deficiency. And so we know that adoption of a fixed mindset is associated with really unhealthy coping strategies in these circumstances, things like lying or avoidance. And so when it comes to patient error, we really want doctors that are open and honest and learn from their errors rather than covering them up or avoiding taking responsibility or learning from them. Yeah, I think that's really useful and a nice reframing of how we view when things are challenging or where things don't go quite right, because that's really where a lot of the learning happens in medicine. I wondered, Sam, whether you've been affected or experienced fixed mindset. Have you had any experience of that reflecting back? Well, Kat, I have to be honest, this is all very muddy for me. And the reason I got interested in growth mindset research, I started my medical education fellowship two Augusts ago. And one of the reasons I actually went into medical education was the specialty that I am in medical oncology is very research focused. And I had a really fixed mindset about my ability to do research. I just thought I didn't have the natural acumen or the talent to do research. And so when I started my medical education fellowship, I was pretty devastated to hear in the first week of induction that what good looks like in this role is development of our own original research project and publication in a medical education journal. And, you know, I had a panic attack pretty much. My palms were sweating. I had palpitations. I had this voice in my head, a very fixed mindset voice that said, Sam, you're not talented enough to do this. You're going to fail. This is going to be so embarrassing. All the other people in this room are so much better than you felt really insecure and it wasn't good for my mental health. And so from then I discovered this world of educational theory and educational psychology and came across Carol Dweck's work around fixed and growth mindset and recognized I had a really fixed mindset about my ability to do research. And so by adopting a growth mindset through learning about growth mindset, it's been transformative. I've not only enjoyed tremendously the research opportunities that I was able to take in my medical education year, but I was successful in doing that. And I think that success is very much down to the mindset that I adopted. I was focusing on incremental improvement. I was open to error and rejection. I had feedback seeking. So it has very much affected me at each stage of my career, but I highlight that example. Thanks so much for sharing that, Sam. And also just picking up, I guess, on something you said about looking at others and thinking they're so much better than me and maybe thinking about others being successful as a threat. Is that something that comes into mindset? I think this is a really interesting component of mindset. And what we know from the research is if you adopt a fixed mindset and someone else is more successful or better than you at something, it is threatening, it's bad for your mental health, it makes you feel insecure. Whereas if you adopt a growth mindset, you see it as inspiration for what you can achieve with 
dedication, effective learning strategies, and hard work. I think we work or train in a clinical learning environment that is highly competitive. And that competition for a lot of people is a source of great pride. But I think there are damaging effects to working in an environment that is so competitive and really rewards individuals for star status. And one of the negative consequences, I believe, from the stages of applying to medical school to the training program to them being fully qualified is that it is influencing people to adopt that fixed mindset because it's a comparative, competitive culture. That's really interesting. Yeah, definitely something to think about. I definitely resonate with that sort of competitive nature, particularly in some specialties over other specialties and how that can promote a fixed mindset, which is so detrimental to being able to grow and improve in medicine. And I guess just moving on from that, I'm interested to know then, so we've talked about what growth and fixed mindset is, and we've talked about lots of benefits to having a growth mindset. And I'd like to move on to what influences our mindset then. Does our mindset change and can we change it? This is a really good question and really important for our listeners and each individual to understand that our mindset exists along the spectrum with growth and fixed at opposite ends. And nobody is all growth or all fixed. We all exist somewhere along this continuum. And it's not just about where you exist on the continuum. It varies depending on the specific attribute and your question. So I can have a very growth mindset about my procedural ability, but a much more fixed mindset about my research acumen. It also can fluctuate depending on factors or circumstances. If I have a supervisor who is encouraging and understanding that can influence where my mindset sits in regards to the specific attribute under discussion. Absolutely. So we've talked a little bit about what can influence mindset. So things like having a supportive supervisor, different factors that can influence mindset. Can you expand a little bit more on that? Absolutely, Kat. So this is where I've taken my research over my medical education years. I was looking at factors that doctors perceive to influence their mindset. So I divided them into internal or intrinsic factors and external or environmental factors. So perhaps I'll start with those internal factors that influence our mindset. The first is passion for the profession. And it might feel like an obvious one, but I think it's an important one to recognize. That genuine interest in what you are doing and curiosity has an important impact on the mindset that you adopt. A second internal factor that I think is really interesting is having a diverse career path, whether that's prior to medicine, having a different career, or within medicine, having additional strings to your bow, such as leadership or management, research, education. And what I have learned from my research participants is having a diverse experience allows you to develop a unique skill set that you can use to have effective learning strategies in different environments. It also allows you to recognize that challenge isn't unique to a specific career in medicine in a certain deanery, but actually challenge exists in all different career paths. So it almost normalizes that challenge that we 
accepting growth mindset as an important component to develop and an important internal or intrinsic factor that promotes a fixed mindset. Well, unsurprisingly, burnout. Burnout within your clinical work, but also if you're juggling just so many things outside of your clinical work, caring commitments or additional exams that you need to take as part of your training, this just reduces the amount of reserve you have in order to focus on that challenge and growth. That makes a lot of sense, Sam. And so I guess that's the internal factors. Can you talk a little bit about the external factors that influence this? So external factors, we've touched on that supervisor earlier on in our conversation, but this is really important, that role modeling, being around other people that adopt a growth mindset, like a social contagion, it spreads from one person to the other. So it's very important for educators and supervisors to demonstrate growth mindset behaviors in order to influence people more junior to them, near peers as well as effective long-term feedback and normalizing negative feedback as well. I think a lot of us, when we're using our electronic portfolio and we're sending off our MSS, we might be slightly selective in who we're asking for feedback from because we want to hear positive things. But with a true growth mindset, you're looking for constructive, but sometimes negative feedback to learn how to grow. Another promoting external factor is autonomy, having control of your learning and development in order that you are able to focus on those areas that need growth, as opposed to continuing doing the same procedures or the same clinic or the same surgery without any variation or increasing level of challenge being offered to you. And I would say that one interesting external factor that was also highlighted is that that e-portfolio is permanent. So people are fearful of having something in their record that might have a negative impact on their training progression. And that permanence and easy accessibility, particularly when it comes to interviews, can make doctors fearful of seeking that negative constructive feedback. Yeah, you can absolutely see how that would happen. I suppose there's different ways of gathering feedback or seeking feedback as a doctor, and not all of them need to be portfolio related. So perhaps that's a way around that area. I also just want to touch on something in regards to feedback. I think it's also really important the language that is used when feedback is provided. If the person providing feedback uses language such as, wow, you're such a natural communicator, or you're so talented at procedures, or you're just a genius at what you did just there, what you're reinforcing is that some people are just born with talent or natural ability and others are not. And I would recommend when providing feedback in order to encourage a growth mindset, using language and focusing on areas of incremental improvement, dedication, hard work, and effective learning strategies. So perhaps instead of saying, wow, you're such a natural communicator, saying, remember at the beginning of the year, you really struggled breaking bad news to patients. And I've just seen three months in, 
how with your dedication and hard work, there's been such a significant improvement in how you broke bad news. I think that was really impressive. Do you see the slight difference in the feedback provided there? Yeah, I think that's a really useful, practical tip. I wish someone had called me a genius if anything <laughs> happens, but absolutely that. I guess you're rewarding people's hard work and not considering they've done well because they're just intrinsically good at it, a fixed mindset, but actually picking up on the fact that someone has worked hard to achieve that, to enable that growth mindset. Yeah, I might also Kat, talk about some factors from my research that are what we call the Goldilocks paradox. This idea that too much of this factor or too little of this factor can have a negative impact on a doctor. So for example, one of them is professional success or significant success previously. It's this idea that if you have a doctor who has passed every exam and has gotten every interview that they've gone for. They don't have the experience of failure or error or mistakes to the same extent. And this can make it very difficult when they do encounter challenge because they're almost conditioned to hearing praise and to succeeding. And it can have such a huge detriment to their mental health when they encounter challenge and also avoidance of opportunities to take on challenging clinical encounters or applying for more senior positions because of that fear of failure. So I just always mention that one because I think it resonates with a lot of doctors, that fear of failure if you haven't had a lot of experience with it in your past. Yeah, I think that's so important. And I guess we're a group of people who've traditionally been very high achieving and expecting to pass everything and be the best at everything all the time and therefore hearing constructive feedback can be really challenging and I can definitely resonate with that as well. So linking into that I wonder if you've got any practical tips on how we as individuals can try and adopt a growth mindset or shift our spectrum towards that in ourselves. So there's lots of different ways that we can improve our ability to adopt a growth mindset. One is about actively seeking negative but constructive feedback. So finding that trusted supervisor or a near peer and specifically saying, can you watch me in this clinical encounter and at the end give me three specific areas that I can improve in. Just by saying that, that means that they know that you're willing to accept that negative constructive feedback and when they're watching the encounter, they're looking for ways for you to improve. Another really important way to help adopt a growth mindset ourselves and also to influence our peers and juniors is normalizing failure. So if you're a consultant and you're with a trainee, perhaps sharing with them a time that you felt you made a mistake or that you failed. This can be very powerful, this idea of role modeling, not just for the person who's witnessing the role modeling, but by the person that's being open and honest about that experience, that will help them to adopt a growth mindset. I think that's so valuable. And I've got recent experience with that with a group that we're doing at the minute with medical registrars to try and be open about when things have been challenging and to talk about what that experience was like and, and what we can learn from that moving forward. And I think that concept of having vulnerability as a senior and role modelling that is so powerful for anyone else watching and 
I wonder what you think I've started saying at beginnings of shifts that I'm very likely to make mistakes on this shift. Everyone makes two to three mistakes a day. And if you see that happening, I openly invite you to tell me and I will say thank you and either explain why I made that decision or thank the person for picking up that they thought something wasn't quite right. Do you think that have any use of resonating with them mindset? That's awesome, Kat. I think that is normalizing that even though you're more senior to the people on that ward round, you're going to make mistakes and will empower them also to be open if they do make mistakes. Do you find that they are feeling more confident and able to speak up if they don't necessarily agree with the treatment decision? Yeah, I've definitely noticed it. Even in sort of medical emergencies, people are much more likely to just pipe up and say, have you thought about this or that? So I think it definitely influences speaking up behaviour and also I think influences a learning environment. So even if what they've picked up, maybe that's a decision that you stand by and that you think is right, but that's a really nice educational opportunity to explain why you made that decision at that time. So I think it's effective in, I guess, several domains. Absolutely. I was just thinking that when you were saying, you know, if they thought that was a mistake and it wasn't, they didn't understand why you were making that decision. So as you said, that's a learning opportunity for that person instead of staying silent. I love that. And what do you think about sometimes, although it feels like you shouldn't hear that, sometimes you feel like you might be getting compared to other trainees or there's comparison. Does that have any influence on mindset? Absolutely. This very much is an overlap with that competitive culture. Comparing trainees is a number one way to encourage trainees to adopt a fixed mindset, both for the trainee that is getting the superiority compliment in the comparison and the one with the inferiority, because what you're focusing on there is how you match up to someone else's performance and not about your own mastery of the task. So I think it's really important whenever possible to avoid comparison of trainees or doctors as a whole. Yeah, that's really useful to think about. And I think certainly from my own experiences, it's something that's very much not helpful. So it's good to link it into mindset as well. So Sam, I wondered if you can share some key take forward tips for our listeners about growth mindset. Well, first of all, just by listening to this podcast and knowing what is a growth mindset and the associated benefits, our listeners are more likely to adopt a growth mindset and reap the rewards. So just knowledge of what it is, is very powerful. I think also about having some self-compassion and recognizing that your mindset fluctuates. And if you're feeling that burnout or you have an unsupportive supervisor, you're working in a competitive environment. So a lot of factors are working against you having that growth mindset. Just recognizing that it can fluctuate with time and you can readjust over time is a really important tip to take on board and knowing that what your mindset is at the moment isn't a permanent fixture. And finally, I go back to this idea of social contagion. If you adopt a growth mindset, you're more likely to influence others to adopt a growth mindset. Just like a virus spreading, you therefore have an ability to not only have a significant impact on your mindset by trying to adopt a growth mindset, but those around you. And how powerful could that be if we had lots of doctors dotted around different places around the country creating a growth mindset contagion. That's a really nice thought to end on. I love that idea of growth mindset as a contagion. 
Yeah, so I think that, you know, we've talked about a lot of things, about growth and fixed mindset, about what we can do to try and influence our mindset in a positive way, some practical tips as a doctor and as a supervisor and an educator. And for me, I think listening to Sam, this has been quite transformative in the way I think about how I deal with challenge or things that I find difficult. And I hope that's been the same for our listeners. So thank you so much, Sam, for joining us. And I hope you've all enjoyed listening and hope to see you next time. Thank you so much, Kat.